0: Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad.
1: Hey, Gian.
0: Chad, today is one of my favorite episodes of this whole season. Jim Good is the assistant AD and man, uh, boys basketball head coach at Boca Raton Christian School. And we got connected because he hired my former uh, assistant coach here at Liberty Um, when I was a player Ryan Fitzwilliam to be his tennis coach for the high school there and then we just connected and we stayed in touch and so when season two came up I knew I had to get Jim on the podcast and what I love about Jim is his energy and his passion and you can just tell it you know and ever since we got connected Jim messages me every single week talking about the podcast we just released and some key takeaways that he had and he's just been such a great encourager even though we've never met in person um, we've developed this relationship of accountability and encouragement that keeps me going every week.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And just for me as a listener, it uh, it's kind of like we we have this twenty to thirty minute new friend. And uh, just listening to to Jim, you can just tell that he's an amazing leader, an amazing communicator, um, so disciplined. And and I think uh, a couple couple big takeaways is Jim talks about the difference between success and significance. And what exactly does it mean to go to bed tired? But Gene, we are so excited for this interview. Let's just get into this one right now.
0: Coach Jim Good, thank you so much for, for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. I know we connected a, maybe about, almost a year ago. Um, we had a connection there with my former college coach. And now he's you guys as a tennis, you know, high school coach. Um, But my my first question always is, and you listen to the podcast, um, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, thanks first, Gian, for
2: having me on the uh, podcast. I am honored, humbled, and blessed to uh, connect with you. So thank you. Um, Loaded question, powerful question. I love the question. And I guess uh, for me personally, it'd be asking the same person, uh, what's it mean to be a Christian doctor or a Christian lawyer or a Christian banker? And the emphasis is on Christian rather than the coach. So rather than being a coach, who's a Christian, I do want to consider myself a Christian coach. And so for me, that means, um, without Christ, I am nothing. And the audience is the audience of one and knowing that that is my platform and my identity is not in what I do, but in whose I am. And so over the past few years, God has really taught me that. And I guess, uh, just kind of elaborate. It it turns more into being a coach of significance uh, rather than being someone who's striving for success. Uh, I think of success as me, and then significant is about others. And so I'm learning to uh, have that priority. And then I'm a big John Gordon fan, and uh, John Gordon says this: when you're bigger than your purpose, you have a career, but when your purpose is bigger than you. You have a calling, and so for me, I, I know that coaching is my why. It's my calling, and I am blessed every day to get to do what I get to do. So, yeah. uh, loaded
0: question, but man, I hope that answers where I'm. <laughs> no, it does. It does. I'm taking notes already. Um, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and yeah, big John Gordon fan as well. Um, he's yeah. come to speak at Liberty a few times, and you can tell. Um, and here at Liberty, and probably. In uh, and, and other Christian schools, he can be a little bit more blunt about the the heart of his messages, you know. Yes, but but uh, you know, Clemson football, he needs to disguise it a little bit. And he yes. does a great job of of, yes. of giving them a uh, uh, Christ's love in in a in a different vessel, you know. Yes. Um, and so it's a, a great guy. Um, let's go back um, as far as you can, as as far as you want. Um, okay, and. And how did you get involved with sports? Um, what was your upbringing like? Um, and, and how did you get to have a, a, a relationship with Christ? Okay, incredible question. I'm uh, excited to share.
2: I, I guess I go back to eight years old. Uh, okay. My mom and dad, we were driving. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So uh, Aliquippa was the town I grew up in. And as we were driving down through the main uh, strip, Franklin Avenue, I remember there was a there was an auto body shop and they had a sign, uh, baseball signups. And so my dad says, hey, we're signing you up for baseball. And so I was eight years old and I just fell in love with uh, team sports and played baseball from the age of eight all the way up through high school and into college. But then about uh, at the age of 12, I went to a smaller Christian school and got to experience soccer started playing soccer, and then I played uh, basketball. I-, I ran track and just started to fall in love with sports at that age. Um, biggest lessons and teachers of my life have been athletics and being able to share those lessons with my my student and my athletes. Uh, I'm just so grateful for the role athletics has played in my life.
0: Yeah. Um, and what-, what was that like? So, um, were you, did you have siblings pushing you to, to be better? Um, and, or, were maybe you're, you the oldest and, and pushed I everyone am. else to be better. Um, yeah, I am the oldest of four boys. So my okay. mom and dad, I always tease my mom.
2: She has nice. treasures in heaven. She has crowns in heaven. Raising four <laughs> boys, So I'm the oldest and we're all named with the letter J. So I'm Jim. I got a brother, Jay, brother, Josh, and a brother, Joe. So you can imagine growing up being the oldest brother, just uh, battles in the backyard, one on one, my brother and I would play to 100, uh, one on one basketball. And when it got about 99, 98, it got pretty intense and elbows to the teeth and mouth. But uh, man, growing up and thinking about those days, my my brothers and I just a great relationship, uh, family, so important and uh, just incredible memories thinking about growing up playing sports together.
0: Yeah. Well, was, was that a Christian household? Did you guys go to church or did you come to faith we, later?
2: No, we did. My, I'm grateful for um, parents who are born again believers and they taught us the right way. So I was going to church uh, in the nursery and Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer study, Bible study, youth group. So I look at that um, that season of my life and I'm just extremely grateful for the sacrifices that my parents made and raised us in a, in a Christian home. And then about the age of eight, I accepted Christ as my personal savior. And my dad was able to lead me to the Lord. And at the age of eight, didn't, didn't know all the answers, didn't know all the questions. But I, but I do remember there's a heaven, uh, there's a hell. And I wanted to spend eternity in heaven with Christ. And as I kind of grew in the faith, he, he learned and taught me so many lessons um, about my priorities and, and, you know, making my faith my own. So I'm grateful for that um, yeah. Christian family that uh, taught us how to serve him at a young age. Yeah.
0: And so you said you played baseball in college. Um, I did. How, how, did now, how did you end up being now a high school basketball coach?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> baseball, yeah, like any eight-year-old, my, my dream was to play Major League Baseball. I was going to be the second baseman for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That, that was my goal. And uh, I love baseball. They, they probably could have
0: used it the last few years.
2: Yeah, it's been kind <laughs> the of less, the
0: last 20, so, 20 years. Die so. hard,
2: die hard, black and gold. I'm going to root for those Steelers, <laughs> those Penguins. So still bleed black and gold. But um, when I, when I, Started getting into my teenage years, I found out baseball for me was just a little slower. My my ADD, my my personality, my A-type man, I just gravitated towards basketball. So I was able to play basketball and baseball at a small college, Christian College over near Tampa, Clearwater Christian College. It's not there anymore, but it's right where I was supposed to be. And uh, it's funny, when I graduated from Clearwater with my bachelor's in physical education, I took a job at Highlands Christian Academy, just a little south of Boca. And they asked me if I'd be interested in being the baseball coach. And I was like, no, thank Thank you. you. I just burned out, but it was slower for me, more analytical. And I was like, basketball, I want that indoor sport. I want that. I want that fast paced game. And so I've really gravitated towards basketball. and been
0: coaching now starting my 25th year. Okay. And here now at Boca, um, yes. you, you also are the assistant athletic director. Um, Correct. What are some of the transferable skills between being a coach and an athletic director that, that you've learned from being a coach and an athlete that now you're using um, to help other coaches? All right. Loaded question. I love it, Jan. <laughs> I think number one is
2: a sacrifice, a personal sacrifice. As an athlete, you need to make those sacrifices to be successful. I've learned that as an athlete, and then I've learned that as a coach as well. And as an athletic director, you you do have to make sacrifices. It, it is uh, time demanding, so you need to learn how to balance your time. And I think athletes have to realize that. You're a former athlete and coach as well, and I'm sure you've learned the balance of you know practice time and meeting and studies so I've learned that and then also communication comes to mind Um, being able to um, verbally communicate as an athlete to your coach maybe you know your frustrations your your maybe suggestions you have as you go into a leadership role so as an administrator as a coach being able to really communicate uh, to my players to my parents to you know former coaches I think those are some things that
0: come to mind yeah what, what is the one central message that you want your coaches to know um, and to believe in once they leave or retire from Boca?
2: It's about people. You know, I think uh, I've learned that in the last three or four years, it's so easy to get caught up as a coach in the X's and the O's and it's about relationships. And so many times we place that uh, emphasis, you know, on the trophies and the banners, which are all great. You, you, think that's biblical you you play to win you do your best god wants us to be excellent but in doing that sometimes we could um just kind of get things out of balance and it is about it's about people and valuing people uh learning a lot about leadership with john maxwell we mentioned john gordon but just that relationship with you can what you can have And, and i'm seeing now at the age of 45, you know it's just Father's Day. Um, nothing more humbling and exciting when these former players reach out and they, they they forget the scores, they forget, you know, the good, the bad. We we do have our memories, but they remember how you treat them. And uh, I'm just learning to place that that value on people and on relationships. And I hope our coaches uh, realize that, and they're doing a great job here at Boca. And I'm honored to serve here in that role as the assistant athletic director.
0: Yeah. Um well thank you for for being thorough in those answers. Um, yeah. Um I I listened to a few podcasts that you've done before. Um okay. and I'm gonna tee one up for you here, okay, uh-uh. and then I'll let you go. All right, you can okay. go as with this topic as uh as far as you want. Um I'm getting what, nervous here. I'm getting nervous. What, <laughs> what is the value of us um now not even just coaches but human beings of going to bed tired?
2: Mm. Love it. Well, that hit home about four years ago. Um, I think God requires us as Christian, um, whatever occupation, to work hard. The Bible talks about whatever your hand finds to do, work at it with all your might. And so my philosophy is to work hard, be a hard worker. I'd rather be, you know, um, uh, someone who works hard and really strive to then after that day of hard work, to be able to have the family time and then go to bed tired. Uh, In my past, when I wasn't tired, this is where now I can be vulnerable and open up where things in my personal life started to lose balance. And as a man, if I'm not going to bed tired, I'm starting to uh, get involved with things that I don't need to get involved in. And and as an even a married man, you know, when we're, up at night, 11, 30, 12, Um, Kids are in bed, wives in bed. This is where, you know, those TV shows uh, on my phone. And I just really had to learn that I need to go bed tired. And I'll tell you what, getting up at 5 a.m. allows me to go, <laughs> to, go to bed tired. It's funny. Last night, my wife is an incredible uh, supporter, encourager. We do movie night in the summer. And so we have four kids and they each get to pick a movie. So we had our family Monday night's movie night and we started the movie at nine o'clock and I'm looking at my wife. Honey. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's nine o'clock, but I made it to 10 30 and went to bed. Um, but I'm up at five. That's part of who I am. I get up, I, I, I read, I exercise, I get my prayer walk in. And so I, I encourage people, Hey, work hard, uh, go to bed tired and, and then wake up and get ready to do it all over again and serve God passionately.
0: Yeah, I um, about I, I had my first child in 2017 um, sure. and my wife is a nurse still, but she used to work full-time at the hospital. And, and okay. she would, at that time, right before that time that she got pregnant, she was working the evening shift. And so okay. it was from three o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night. Ooh, and, that's, that's and and so yeah. that meant most of my afternoon and evening it was I was by myself. And so I had to learn how to cook, first of all. And then um <laughs> I that, that meant I had to stay up for her. I wasn't gonna go to sleep. And so I stayed right. up and 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 we would go to bed at midnight or so. And we would wake up, we didn't have kids, and so we would right. wake up at 8 30, 9 o'clock in the morning, right? And I was like, wow, what a life, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> And and then they we got, had or, your child, and, then, right? and then we had a child and 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 she and we and we had to change that dramatically the opposite right. way um, and right. so now and she never was a good sleeper and she was up at four or five o'clock in the morning and so right. I was like as a survival mechanism let me wake up in the morning and right. and and then I read um, the Miracle Morning uh, by Hal Elrod okay. um, not not a Christian book at all right. actually but it. It talked about, you know, his routine and how he, he became a, a successful person, but I could see some traces in there that were definitely biblical, you know, he might yeah. not be selling it as a, as a, as a, biblical book, but, um, and he talked about waking up and having quiet, uh, you know, um, silence, a few minutes of mm-hmm. silence, a few minutes of prayer, a few right. minutes of meditation in there and, yes. um, exercise reading um, yeah. and, and visualization. And, um, there was another one was, uh, positive affirmations. And so yes. I started doing what he said by the book and, yeah. and I could see my life change dramatically okay. by having a morning routine, you know, yes, and, and it ended up that now I have to wake up at four 30 in the morning to have a morning hmm. routine, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, it is, but, but it it is it's a life changer. It, it really is. And I keep telling everyone that I, you know, I come in contact with wake up early. Like, and, and at first, if you're waking up at eight o'clock, it's not going to happen, yep. you know, overnight that you're going to be able to wake up at four 30, but start yeah. waking up 10, 15 minutes early every day. Um, yeah. and, and you get to a point where now I don't even need an alarm clock, four 30 yep. comes around and it's you're like, up. well, yeah. And, and so it's been great to have that quiet time where I can pour, you know, God can pour into me so that I can pour out to everyone, my family, you know, more, you know, more importantly. But then at eight o'clock at night, you know, yeah. I'm like, this is it. Like there's start to <laughs> slow down. Yeah. If we want to do movie night it needs to start at five 30. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> movie <laughs> matinee. Yeah. And so that I love, that's why I love the West coast is that I can watch sports still and still there go to good. bed at eight o'clock, you know, you um, the East coast. we have that listen, problem. Gian.
2: I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's encouraging yeah. to me because I, I see other people, and and you you try to tell other people who aren't morning people. I, I never was a morning person. No. I I'd, I'd hit my alarm and hit snooze three times. Have to be at work at like seven thirty. I'm hitting you know the alarm at seven ten, running around, and God just got a hold of me spiritually, physically, and I, I call it the five a.m. club. <laughs> and so five a.m. I, I'm out and, you know, Christian music, doing the grateful walk, prayer walk and spending time, intentional time. And like yeah. you said, that's the time where I ask God to, to fill me up as an individual, because my day's about to start. And as, as a coach and you can relate to this, we are pouring into so many other people, whether it's our athletes, our families, our wives, our kids, you know, co-workers. And in the past, I tried to do that on my own. And I just fell flat on my face. And I think we can do so much on our own. But when you really realize, God, here I am, I'm an, I'm an empty vessel, fill me up. And, and the time to do that for me is yeah. the morning. And I yeah. love getting up before, before the sun and it's dark out. And I got some incredible stories. But man, yeah. it's great to hear that you, you've bought into that as well. Yeah,
0: I feel like it, it just practically speaking too, it gives me a mental edge when I get yeah. to work. You know, yeah. I drop off my kids at school at seven o'clock and I get to work right. and I'm ready to go. Like from, right. you know, and I feel like me coming into the office at 7.15 and sitting down, I'm like, there's not many coaches that I'm competing against that are here, right. uh, are in their yeah. office at 7.15, you know. Um, and, well, I and wish
2: that- I wish a 45 year old
0: Jim. To go back and tell twenty-five-year-old Jim, so you're way ahead
2: of me on that. So I'm glad you bought into that. Yes, and
0: and that's why I keep talking to like our GAs and any younger coaches that I come in contact with. It's right, like, I know you can wake up at nine o'clock in the morning. I yeah. know. <laughs> but yeah. Just, 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 just make this change, and it will affect everything else. It's like a domino oh, yeah. effect.
2: Yeah. And I love uh, Coach Chaney used to coach at uh, Temple. He passed away. Don Cheney. he used to have 5 a.m. practices. And I remember hearing about that. And what he said was, well, when my guys know they have a 5 a.m. practice, they're not out at midnight. They're yeah. not out at one in the morning. These, these dudes are going to bed at nine, nine thirty cause we yeah. got 5.00 AM practices. So I started doing not every day, but with some of my teams, these 6.00 AM practices and the initial reaction from you can imagine 16, 17 year olds yeah. are like, coach, come on, really? But we have had some of our most incredible practices at 6.00 AM and I, I just love it.
0: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Coach, my, my, my last question is, yes, you talked about, you, you have a family now and you, you, your kids are a little older than mine, but, and it, it talks about personal sacrifices. Is there such a thing as work-life balance? Um, or is that just a fictitious thing that people say it so that it sounds nice, but mm. um, what, what, what has your experience been? Well, again, another great question. Um, I
2: got it wrong so many times earlier in my career. Got it wrong. And I'm learning as I get older. But you have to have that proper balance. And there is. Um, I'm learning in the past. I would, As an athletic director, as a coach, you're, you're constantly on call. You just are. There's things that are going to happen. But I've learned now um, to try to not take work home with me. Um, that that's big. Whether it's a, whether it's a notebook, whether it's a scheduling, and to really try to when I leave the office, you know, leave the office because yeah. now my kids need dad, they don't need coach. Uh, my wife needs, you know, Jim, yeah. the husband, and I, I'm learning. I, I haven't always got it right, but there is that balance. And I think if any everybody can go back to COVID, you know, as we come out of it, I think that was the major pause, the major pause button yeah. in my life to where, you know, the the life of a coach, an athletic director, teacher, it's just nonstop. It's just bang, 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 go, go, go. And so when God literally removed sports, <laughs> removed school, it was, man, family meals, which a lot of coaches can yeah. really relate to. It was family time. It was more family movies. We'd go in the backyard and, and play cornhole. We would play Frisbee golf. We made up games. My, my yeah. eight-year-old daughter would make up a game. It was her night to do a game. And I look at that as just precious memories. So as, I, as we kind of now go back into the normal and the routine, th- there is a balance, and, and you can do it. But it's being intentional about, you know, work family, spiritual life. And that takes, that takes being in God's word and him showing you areas that you need to to get rid of or to back out, to delegate, things like that. So yeah. I appreciate
0: that question. That's good. Well, coach, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Uh, it, it's a great blessing to, to, to speak with you. Um, awesome. How can we be praying for you? Well,
2: Gene, I really did enjoy the time to be with you. I thank you for what you're doing on the Christian Coach Podcast. I'm an incredible guest. And just uh, thank you for who you are and your thank heart. And uh, I just enjoyed being with you. I'm wearing on my wrist uh, two bracelets that reminds me to pray every day. The gray one says, faith over fear. Uh, my brother and I both teach here at the school and we both coach. Uh, my 14-year-old nephew, uh, two months ago, had a pretty dramatic event. He basically collapsed in P.E., uh, he was born with a heart disorder and he had open heart surgery just a month ago. And so he is recovering. He is doing incredible. He actually did a small workout, believe it or not, <laughs> yesterday with our summer basketball program, did some ball Good. handling. So God is just at work in our family, but I just asked for prayer for my nephew, Joshie. Uh He's 14 year old uh, coming out of surgery and just uh, his recovery And then secondly, the purple one is our headmaster, uh, head of school, Wendy Stapleton, uh, was just recently uh, diagnosed with brain cancer. And so she's our head of school and um, she's up at Duke University right now. I just I just spent an hour at Starbucks with her husband Mm. and uh, just talking, just connecting with him. And so she's on starting week four. Of seven weeks of radiation and chemo, and so her name is Wendy, and then Wendy. my nephew's, nephew's name is Joshi So, I, I'd appreciate prayer for those yep. two individuals and the family. So, thank Sounds you. Jim. All right, Let's pray.
0: Yep. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for Coach Good to ta- uh, taking the time to to be here with us. Um, Lord, I uh, like to lift up Joshie. Um, Just yeah. a teenager having to have heart surgery—that that's heartbreaking, Lord—and um, but we know that you're in control, father, that you use this story, um, that to, to, to impact many others, um, for your kingdom, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I just ask that you'll be with Josh's family, um, coach good and his family to su- give them support, um, and, and help the family in any way they can, um, that you will, you will be glorified, um, through the way they handle, uh, uh situation. Um, and Lord be with Wendy and her family, um, getting diagnosed with brain cancer is never good news lord but that you are a healing god and that you're you are a uh, a miracle maker lord that that we believe that you you have the power to heal her if it's your will lord but we we entrust her life and her family's life and all of our lives lord to you because you hold us in your hand and and, and you're in control of our lives you know what's best for all of us um, lord thank you again for this conversation and allow us to be in a position to impact young kids, um, young men and young women, um, to, to come to a closer relationship with
1: you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Uh, so beautiful. Uh, great interview, Jean. Um, and just for Jim to come on and, and we already talked about a few of the big takeaways, but, uh, also, just that five a.m. club. I love uh, you're an inspiration to me, Gian, With your routines and uh, just hearing Jim talk about what it's done for for him and his life. I know he mentioned that as a coach, we just pour out into so many student athletes, whether it's four or five in, in your position group or or a hundred. You know, if you're on a, on a big football team, and uh, you know, we have to be be filled up and and poured into before we can go and pour out. And so uh, I know this is so key for, for us all to get that time with the Lord um, before the chaos comes at, at 7 or 8 a.m. Um, but is there anything else that, that sticks out to you, G-Man?
0: Yeah, that, that part really um, encouraged me to keep doing it, you know. And we talk a lot, we talked a lot in, at length about that and the effects that it has in both of our lives. But it's true, I think it's, you know, if you, if you want to be present at work, if you want to be present at home with your family, you have to have some me time where it's you with your thoughts, with nothing going on so that you can be filled up with reading scripture and reading books that, that are wholesome and, and, you know, that are, that will make you better. Um, so that when the day starts and the madness ensues, you, you have lots of uh, energy in the tank to be able to pour it out and, 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 you know, and, and be effective and efficient with with your words and, and your actions My one of my girls on the team talks about you know she asked me the other day coach let me do you have bad days you know and and my answer was to you i don't you know um just because i want to make sure that they understand that they they control um you know a lot of what happens to them and their responses to it and if they are being filled with 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 um, with the Holy Spirit every morning then they are much more prone and much more willing to give more of themselves during the day
1: yeah, and, and I think uh, part of the key is just giving, giving space to God to speak. You know, Lord, speak to me um, versus, you know, the checklist that, that we've probably all, all felt of just check box. All right, I did my, my Bible reading or just um, trying to get through it and think, oh, this is the power. But the power is, is in giving God the space to work through us.
0: Yeah, and I love Jim because now I know that I can text Jim at any time in the morning and I know he's going to reply right away. So I was checking on him this morning, and so I, I sent him a text at 7 a.m., and he replied right away because I, I knew that he was awake, and and I've done that with several other coaches that I know are awake, um, but it, but it's it's fun to have that kind of community, um, and I and I really want to encourage every listener to to start developing a morning routine that that is just full of you and full of of Christ in there, um, and just an update chat on on the prayer requests that that, that Jim had uh, during the interview. His nephew, Joshy, had heart surgery, had just had heart surgery when we talked. And now I I messaged him this morning and apparently Joshy is going to be a big shooting guard for the JV team um, at Boca Christian uh, this year. So that's such a praise. And then um, his headmaster was uh, um, struggling with cancer and she still is. And she's doing chemo treatments um, and, and she's waiting on some results now from tests that she's done. But we'll continue to pray for her and her family and and the entire Boca Christian School um, community. But coach, we always want to encourage you and always want to finish our episodes with this. The mission field is right where you're at.